0: The Pulse on AMI-audio is back up and running after the holidays. One of the most recent interviews that Joita Gupta did was around some of the mm, interesting strains of wellness culture. I'm choosing the word interesting carefully there. I may get a little more editorial in a moment. Joita interviewed Jacqueline Allness to discuss her book, the Fruit Cure, the episode is available as a podcast and on YouTube, and Joita's here. Typically, you get Joita on a Friday for the news panel, but now you get a dose of Joita on a Monday. Hello, Joita. Hello, Dave.
1: Double trouble, as double,
0: they say. <laughs> double trouble, but Joita, <laughs> there's, sometimes there's these moments, because because I read a promo for your show every week, and some weeks I'm like, that is killer stuff. And this one that you picked out for last weekend looked like killer stuff let's start with the book itself before we get into the interview what are some of the relevant details around the book that made you think goodness gracious i need to bring this person on for a 25 minute interview
1: yes so i stumbled on the book quite by accident and as soon as i read the title about the fruit cure I was hooked because I couldn't figure out what on earth was going on. Now, Jacqueline Elness is a runner, a writer, and she's a professor as well. Uh, And she wrote this book because of what happened to her uh, as an undergraduate student. She started university as a Division I athlete and was under a lot of pressure, but started to experience all these neurological symptoms that no matter what she or her coach or the Doctor with the team tried to do. No one could really get to the bottom of her symptoms. And like she was fainting. She was, uh, you know, she was falling on the track, and people couldn't figure out what was wrong. And so, you know, as is the case for many people with disabilities, the the, the journey begins. You go from one specialist to another, and you're you're playing ping pong from one doctor's office to another, and not really getting a satisfactory answer, even as she's getting sicker and sicker. Mm. And so when it got to the point where she was no longer a runner, she was no longer part of the team, and she was she dropped from a full course load to a part-time course load, and she's basically at home all the time. And she's at home all the time, and she's doing what all of us do, at least, well, okay, I, maybe I'm generalizing. She's doing what I do. The moment I have a sniffle, I am jumping on Google and I'm saying, is this just a cold? Is this COVID? Is this something else? Right, right. Uh, and, and jumping down this rabbit hole. And she jumps down this rabbit hole and she comes across this website, which, uh, and there's a clip that you know, she knows, that kind of describes the, her mental state at the time, but she says it really changed her life.
0: Yeah, Judith, you mentioned the clip. Let, let's play the clip and then we'll jump back into this conversation. Cause I think there's a lot of stuff to explore here and unpack. So let's hear Jacqueline's observation on her effort to find relief from medical problems. During those long days spent alone in my room, my desk became an altar. Google a God I prayed to. Am I epileptic? I want to walk again. Am I sick? I am afraid. And the internet responded with quizzes to tell me whether or not I had temporal lobe epilepsy, infographics with symptoms of a stroke, advice on whether to exercise with seizures. I took every test to see whether or not I could determine what was wrong with me. I read stories of people who had suddenly fallen ill. I tried to find myself in a variety of WebMD descriptors that became a funhouse mirror for my own symptoms. When I had exhausted all that, I clicked on a website that would change everything. So Joita, that's some of the context here, some of the background, but where does lowly old fruit come into this?
1: Yes, yeah, so the website that she finds is thirty bananas a day. It no longer exists, but as the title suggests, the website basically is an extreme diet where you live off of, guess what, thirty bananas a day. Oh man! Uh, and there are people who are evangelizing about this miracle because it has cured everything from you know common aches and pains. Suddenly you know you're in the best shape of your life. You all these mysterious symptoms have. Vanished, and there's this message board um, where people are sharing their personal stories. And one of the people who shares a personal story is another Division One athlete. And and Jackie thinks, "Oh my God, you know, it's this this person is me. They've had, they've gone through what I've gone through." Now she never actually becomes a fruitarian. She's never really fully 100% committed to the diet, but the book explores her journey with this diet. But what it does that I found was really fascinating is, you know, a lot of memoirs, when you read them are straight up autobiography, you know, it's an autobiography, you know, Mm I I did this, mm -hmm. this was my life. But one of the cool things about this book is that she intersperses her personal narrative with a larger historical and sociological exploration of the origins of wellness culture and the history of things like vegetarianism and veganism and how some of these fad diets actually enter our consciousness. And we may think, I mean, I certainly thought before I read the book that this was something that had sprung up with the advent of social media because suddenly everybody could publish a webpage and you were putting all your ideas on the internet for other people to pick up Mm. on. But it turns out there's this whole movement that goes back to the 18th and 19th century where people are promoting all these alternate medicine and 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 health cures and all of these ideas become particularly salient when we think about what Jacqueline Alness and I suspect other people go through with mysterious symptoms that they're not being able to find a resolution. So it's partly a memoir and a reflection on wellness, but it's also talking about the failings of the medical system. And I think, you know, I've done episodes on the pulse about this one before. Yeah, you sure uh, have medical... some,
0: some yeah. really, some really great episodes.
1: Some fa- There was a fantastic episode. I don't toot my own horn, but, you know, there was a fantastic episode I did not this December, but the December before where there's some, you know, conversations about how people with disabilities are, consistently let down by the medical system. So the book is also getting into the fact that the medical system uh, is not providing answers, but there's also ableism. People are, you know, just not taking the symptoms that she's coming up with seriously. They're asking her if it's all in her head. Uh, she's There are delays, you know. Uh, she said, "I am I waiting to get into an epilepsy clinic and I didn't have room? I mean, we talk about delays in the healthcare system oh on the gosh. news channel yeah, like, all, the all the time. All the time. So, so the book was really... Fantastic. Uh, I um, enjoyed the interview because uh, Jacqueline is a a great talker, which is obviously a good thing, but is someone who can really reflect on her journey uh, with sensitivity to the fact that people are really struggling. Uh, to find answers to their own health uh, and you know, problems and their own questions around wellness. And of course, you know, there's so many other strands that I, you know, I did the intro- The way we do the pulse is we record them like a couple of weeks in advance. Like I come in on a Sunday and I record like four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. And so I did mm-hmm. this one. I must've done this before the Christmas holidays. Uh, so I actually have to go back and listen to the episode too. But there's so many other ideas that people get that get tossed around in this book around what is wellness? Yeah,
0: what does being yeah. healthy
1: actually mean? Uh, what is the you know what is fitness? And this the reality that there are people who have picked up on these ideas and are peddling all these cures and diets and and wellness fads and making a ton of money off of it. Oh yeah, the pe- yeah. The people who launched thirty bananas a day, uh, durian fruit, and somebody else like there were two of them. They made heaps and heaps of money out of uh, off of it. I mean, of course, they also had a personal narrative that they were selling this, you know, hippie couple in Australia who were living their best life and eating 30 bananas a day. And of course, then their personal narrative falls apart because suddenly it turns out that they're not just eating 30 bananas a day, but they're only eating raw till four o'clock in the afternoon and then they're eating cooked food. So hang on a second. What's going on there? And their relationship, because they were a couple, their relationship implodes and that becomes social media sensation. So there's a lot of things happening to this. Health, there's wellness, there's a little bit of gossip because who doesn't like to get a little bit
0: of a little bit of course yeah. of stuff that's really of awesome, a because you of taking this, this really of juita because you of taking this of Right? Like there's sort of a core jumping off point that leads into a large tree of branches of ideas. And that's what makes for a great long form interview. That's what I used to love about hosting The Pulse because you weren't sort of trying to hit a talking point or two. You were like, you were really getting to go somewhere. So, this is one where I'll just say we've we've got to put a pin on it, Joetta, because I want to give you at least a minute for this uh, next topic. Folks have to go back, download the podcast, favorite podcast platform, punch in The Pulse on IMI Audio, find it on YouTube. My gosh. Go check this out, it's incredible. Joita, I do wanna take just a second here to talk about a mini series you did on accessible fashion. Um, Before I give you the chance to set up here, I want to play a clip that you provided from your interview with Alexa Alexa, Jovanovic, I'm so bad. Jovanovic. Alexa (laughs) Jovanovic of iDesign.
1: Like I said, fashion was something I always loved, but in many ways, fashion can be frivolous, but now, working specifically with braille beadwork and having the privilege to work with such incredible women from the blind and visually impaired community, the power
0: of fashion and the power of what we're creating is so much more than just clothing. It's creating opportunities and conversations and awareness.
1: And it's really opened my mind.
0: Joita, I've got to hold you to about 90 seconds on this one. I, yes. I, we've got a hard out at 10.58, and if I blow by that, they fire me. I have straight I straight <laughs> up lose the job. Why did you want to do a series, a, a full series on accessible fashion?
1: Yes, so Alexei Ivanovich, the creator of iDesign, is the third of three guests you'll be hearing from in the Accessible Fashion mini-series, which kicks off this Saturday, and it'll take you right to the beginning of February. You'll drop one episode a week. And there are many compelling questions that can be asked about accessible fashion, the who, what, when, where, and why. But the question I really wanted to tease out is the how. Mm. So I really wanted to talk to some of these creators and get into their heads and into their brains about their creative process and ask questions such as, how did you convince people to back you up when you were the only person talking about accessible fashion? I mean, it wasn't even a word uh, or much less a concept. How do you talk to your suppliers? How do you engage with the disability community? How do you incorporate feedback? How do you know what works and doesn't work? What's your collaborative process like? And you hear from three fantastic women, uh, Izzy Camilleri from Is Adaptive, Wendy Wong from June Adaptive, uh, which are both major clothing brands. And of course, Alexei Yovanovitch, who I think has actually been on uh, this station a number of times promoting eye design. Mm-hmm. And eye design is, of course, really cool because it's the braille clothing where they individually sew on beads to to have braille writing on the clothes. Each of these women in their own way have a love of fashion, uh, but also a love of the community. And by community, I don't just mean the broader community, but community in the sense that everybody said, my origin story, the reason I got into accessible fashion is because I had a family member or a friend or somebody in my community who needed help. And that's where it really becomes a jumping off point where they start to say, I really want to get into accessible fashion to make a change to the community. And Alexei Ivanovitch does a really great job of collaborating with people with visual impairments to help them design clothing that, is re- that reflects their interests and, and needs and wants. They're all really fantastic interviews. I couldn't do them justice because one of the nice things about this accessible fashion mini series is that it really leans into the YouTube format. So we also have a number of clothes and other things that you can check out if you uh, watch on YouTube. Juita, thank
0: you for this. Have a lovely day.
1: Thank you very much.
0: That is Joita Gupta, the host of The Pulse on AMI-audio. You know where to find it. You go to your favorite podcasting platform. You punch in The Pulse on AMI-audio, just like you punch in now with Dave Brown. And then you rate, subscribe, you review, you share with your friends. Come on, sharing is caring. Give the people what they want. Don't forget, Kelly and Rumya coming your way, 2 p.m. Eastern time on ami They've got a segment all about snow removal programs for people with disabilities in the Ottawa area. I get the impression there's a lot of folks who would appreciate that one right now. Until tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, I'm Dave Brown reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun.